Hi, this is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless, coming to you by webtalkradio.net. I'm going to be joining you for a half hour each week to discuss not how to repair your vehicle, but how to have your car repaired, preferably by an ASC tech like myself. Our topics will range from what octane to put in your tank to how to prep your vehicle for vacation, which is coming up, guys. Our broadcast is based on my latest book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle. I'm an ASC certified technician and shop owner for the past 16 years in Florida, and I thought I've seen everything, but as each new day arrives, something else pops up. And we're going to try to help you to become not one of those that pops up. But we want you to have a flawless, well, nothing's flawless, but we want you to have a productive car repair session with your technician. Now that you know a little something about me, let's have you take advantage of my experiences and learn a little something about your car. Today is actually a part two, series of two. It's entitled, How Do You Know You Can Trust Your Technician? Boy, wouldn't we all like to trust all the technicians who come and uh, provide services for our home and vehicle? But we're going to give you uh, some advice on what you can do to help yourself. We're going to start off with a little recap. We have our original caller, Ann from Michigan. She wasn't sure if she really needed a repair on her vehicle or not. And then we talked to... Our ASC certified technician, John Lockhart, who has been in the business over 40 years, owned his own shop, worked in a dealership, worked as a technician. Uh, we also have a little insight from a human behavior specialist, uh, Al Beller. He's got 20 plus years experience with uh, individuals, families. And of course, as always, we'll have Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, up with another practical timely device for your vehicle for summer vacation. It's coming up, folks. I don't know where the spring went, but summer's almost here. But uh, first, let's uh, recap with Ann. I went into this shop, and it's the auto shop, and they told me I needed some work done on my vehicle, but I'm just not sure if they're telling me the truth or not, and if I really, really need it done. You have to have trust in the technician itself. You, you have to know that they have a good reputation. And, you know, there's three things that I always tell everybody. It's uh, show me, show me what's wrong, why, why is it like this, and how. How do we fix it? You know, how is this going to affect my car? Yes. See, they never offered to show me and I just didn't think to ask which well, I guess I should have. So that's what Ann had to say. She started out this uh, topic but uh, we have a little twist. Um, we want to make sure that you as a consumer understand the importance of telling your technician everything that's going on. Even though it doesn't seem significant to you, it's very significant to us as ASC certified technicians. We want to know the straight skinny of what's going on with your car so we can do a more accurate and quicker diagnostic for your vehicle, which means more money in your pocket. Not a bad trade-off. So 
We're going to talk to John Lockhart now and ask him that question. Why don't customers tell the technician the straight skinny? Why is it when somebody comes into a, uh, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be automotive repair, but in this case it is because that's what we're familiar with, but why do people come in and not tell the service rider or the technician the whole truth of what's going on with their car or maybe they had been tinkering with it and they just don't want us to know? Why do they do that? Mm. Well, probably because it, you know, they're afraid that it might be a larger bill. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've broken something and, you know, figured the mechanic will miss it mm-hmm. for one thing. And, uh, no, it's really stupid. You know, it's like going to a doctor. If you don't tell them what the problem is, how is it supposed to fix you? Yeah, that's Same true. way with cars. Do you see that this is occurring more so now than it had in the past? No, probably about the same. You know, people, you know, just, you know, they really don't all the time tell you all the symptoms of the problem. Mm-hmm. Or they, they tell you something that isn't even close to what the problem is. What, what advice would you give somebody if they came in with a noise or a uh, complaint on their car? What would you tell them? No, try, try to get you know, the frequency of it, hot, cold. You know, try, try to ask as many questions, and you really have to dig it out of the customers. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. That's good advice. I mean, they don't tell you anything hardly. They just say they got a noise, and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, service advisor or mechanics really has to, you know, find out what the problem is. What would you tell the customer, you know, if somebody coming in, you know, would you give them some tips on how to talk to a, a service writer, a technician? As far as the, the, the owner of the car, yes. if he's got a problem, should tell him, you know, when it happens, the frequency, mm-hmm. you know, if the engine's hot, cold, you know, if it's hitting, if the vehicle's come to operating temperature or mm-hmm. if it's a brake noise or something like that, how frequency, first thing in the morning or after, you know, a lot of stops. That, that will help a lot, won't it? Right. Mm-hmm. On it. Probably make the repair bill a little less, too. Well, it speeds up the mechanic, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, as mechanic finds out what the problem is, it speeds up the repairs. Instead of being a day or two days, it could be hours. That's good. Good advice, John. Or the same day, anyhow. That's good advice. Thank you, John. So let me give you a few examples of what John and I were talking about. We had a Ford Ranger in a little while ago, and he did his own tune-up, which was fine and everything, and he brought it in to have a diagnostic, which memory serves me. He had an oxygen sensor, which we'll get into that in a couple weeks from now regarding our catalytic converter uh, story but uh, he needed an oxygen sensor we installed that it came back oh I'd say about two weeks later ranting and raving his check engine light was flashing he was having a fit didn't say we fixed his car needless to say we plugged his computer into our computer via a diagnostic scanner here we go folks cars don't lie this guy neglected to tell us that he was going over 100 miles an hour in his vehicle and the code that came up 
on our scanner was basically he exceeded the mechanical limits of the truck. The little tidbit he didn't tell us, well, um, little tidbit cost him diagnostic fees because, well, the technicians, they don't work for free, and had the guy been straight up front with us when we were asking him 20 questions regarding what was going on when the check engine light was on and flashing, we would have been able to tell him at that point that his vehicle exceeded the mechanical limits. We would have reset it for him as a courtesy, try to help the guy out, say, you know, you really don't need to be driving that fast to begin with. It's beyond the uh, legal speed limit, and this vehicle, the little four-cylinder can't handle that. Please slow down. But no, he thought that if he flexed his muscle and that he tried to portray that he knew what he was doing and so on and so forth, uh, that just took uh, money out of his pocket. Money that he could have went to the movies, went out to eat, bought something at Bass Outlet, etc. Here's another one. We had a European vehicle come in, and it was they said it was overheating. Well, we asked them the 20 questions, which, remember, your technician needs to be asking you 20 questions. We need to play the 20-question game because this is going to save you a lot of money if you answer it correctly. And you don't need to be a technician. We just want it in your own layman terms, your own words. It's perfect. This is what we're looking for. That's what a professional technician is looking for. But back to this uh, European car. Actually, I took that ticket, and we were asking questions. Needless to say, we got the vehicle in, and... We could tell right away that the technician, or excuse me, we could tell, we could tell right away that the owner wasn't giving us the straight skinny. As a matter of fact, when we were testing it, we could see that not while testing it, we could see it just didn't overheat once. This was a multiple time thing, and multiple time severe overheating. Well, we talked to the customer on the phone, and so then it came up, yes, it overheated more than once. And, oh, by the way, when it would overheat, they would hear noise in the engine, and then the car would stop. It would stall, and they'd glide it to the side of the road. Well, this is an entirely different thing than just a little overheat. This is where the customer had pushed the vehicle, again, beyond its mechanical limits, the vehicle stalled. It couldn't take it anymore. That was all that noise they were hearing, pre-ignition, etc. And the car was not made for this punishment. When it overheated the first time, had he sought help instead of repeatedly doing this to the car over a course of a week or two weeks, he would have saved himself in diagnostic fees had he told us up front what was going on with the vehicle. But for whatever reason, he chose not to tell us, thinking possibly that if he didn't let us know the entire story, that there was a chance that he wouldn't have been charged as much. Well, it's just the opposite, folks. We need to know the whole story because then we can put all these pieces together, and with our knowledge and background, we can go straight to the source.
I have one more, and it's going to be regarding somebody came in. They had an Asian car. And they said that the tires were wearing. They couldn't understand why, and the backs were like brand new. And we looked at it, and again, the cars don't lie. No, they hadn't been doing their rotations like they were supposed to. And first it was, yes, yes, I've been doing them. I've been doing the tire rotations. Well, when trying to get proof of the rotations, they could only come up with one receipt about 5,000 miles after they purchased the tires. The remainder of the time, they just let them on the front and ruined a perfectly good set of tires just because they didn't take the time for their tire rotation. There's two, three hundred dollars now, the price of tires today, that he could have saved had he just been doing his rotations. Cars don't lie. They're a mechanical object. They have mechanical limits. They let the technician know the true story. So please, please, please have that open line of communication with your technician, your service writer. Tell them everything. As bad as it may sound, tell them. Now just think of those three examples that I just gave you. There would have been literally thousands of dollars saved on automotive repair. Thousands of dollars that these people could have put in their pocket, put into a savings account, went on a very nice vacation, purchased something that they really wanted, that big screen TV or that new shoe collection. Instead, it went into their car needlessly. So please, please, please think about this. We're going to revisit Al Beller. Al has 20 plus years experience in the human services field and we're going to talk about why people don't tell their technicians the whole story. Let's hear what Al has to say. But lies have a goal. It's to avoid embarrassment, to avoid consequences, to avoid hurting someone's feelings, But why the heck would someone lie to their mechanic? I bet you've heard a few. Ah, I sure have. I could write a book on that alone. You know, we've talked amongst ourselves as technicians, and the only thing that we can come up with is that, well, actually a couple things. First, a lack of knowledge, which is what we're trying to help you guys with on the show. Uh, Second one we mainly lean towards is they don't want to have to pay more money for a repair. So they think if they don't tell you the whole story, the repair is going to be cheaper. Like I bring my car in for this noise and you asked me, well, when was your last oil change? And am I really going to tell you it was a year ago? No, because that's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And because I don't want to spend the money for the oil change and the noise that I came in that I'm already afraid of. If you just tuned in, you've been listening to Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks, and we've been talking about how you can trust your technician. You know what Al had to say there? Basically, can be anyone in any situation, but we're talking about cars right now because that's what we know best. So I'm going to give you a couple of pointers. When you're having an issue with your vehicle, when you first notice it, I mean, we drive our vehicles every day. We know it's little idiosyncrasies. But when you first notice something going on, get a notepad in the car, an old scratch pad, write it down. Write it down when it's starting to make the noise. Is the engine hot or cold for a while or just as you're pulling out of the driveway? Uh, Is it when it's raining out? Is it when it's sunny out? Is it when it's hot out? It 
it makes whatever noise or sensation that you're getting out of it, or is it only when it's cold? If you don't remember, having these notes to give to your technician will actually save you money on diagnostic time because they can go straight to it. They're going to want to reenact the noise or whatever, and they can set up the conditions that you have on your notepad. It's going to save you a ton of time and a ton of money. Another thing, if you remember something that you forgot to write down, tell them right away. This is going to help significantly too. I can't even count how many times each week we'll do the 20 question with the customer regarding an issue and they'll call up a little bit later on and say, oh, by the way, and it's doing this too at a certain time. And we're like, oh, which is great because it's all related and then we can get right to it. You need to tell us the whole story. We, we need to know to help you help yourself with your vehicle. You tell us everything, it's going to be cheaper in the long run. It's very important. So it's that time again in our show to uh, talk to our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, to see what he has this week. Actually, I think he has another good product for you, uh, especially for the summer vacation coming up. And let's give Peter a call. Hello, this is Peter. Can I help you? Hi, Peter. This is Pam at Car Care for the Clueless. How are you? Hi, Pam. How are you today? Good. What gadget do you have for us this week? Well, I found me a little portable air compressor. What would you use that for? Uh, actually, it actually helps you pump up your tires. If your tires are getting low and you can't quite get to a service station to get your tire fixed, oh. it is a portable, little small portable air compressor that you can fill your tire up with air and mm-hmm. then get on to your destination as soon as you can. And it fits right in the trunk. Really? Yes. How, about, uh, how much does it weigh? About five, ten pounds? Yeah, about ten pounds. That's okay. um, how big is it? It's roughly about eight or nine inches long by about mm-hmm. six inches wide. Okay. Um, it's fairly compact. It's got a nice sturdy handle to it. The unit that I picked up is actually battery operated. Our older units used to have to plug into the cigarette lighter in the car. Right. Their newer units they come out with are self-contained with their own battery. You just have to keep them charged up, and then you can take it wherever you want to go. You don't have to put it in your cigarette lighter. And you can just start pumping away to get your tires fixed up. And the battery charge will be more than sufficient to fill up all four tires if they need to be topped up if you're doing your own tire maintenance once once a month like you're supposed to. Oh, okay. So this is something I could plug it in the wall. Right. And this okay. comes with comes with an adapter, and it just plugs into the unit. And when it's not in use, uh, the directions say to keep it charged fully. So if you do need it, it'll be ready to go. You just flip the power button on. Then there's one other button that says compressor. Uh-huh. You push that button down and make mm-hmm. sure that it's attached to the tire valve and clamp down. Okay. And turn the compressor button on, and then it'll just start filling it up. And then you look at the little tire gauge. Mm-hmm. And when it gets up to 35 pounds, then you go ahead and stop. Why 35? I thought it was based on each each vehicle. But then again, you'd want to have more air in it, a little bit more, a little, a little, little bit more, because you're trying to get your flat repaired at the service right. station. Right, you got to get Makes to sense. the location. Good yeah, idea. You want, you want a little bit more air in there to make sure you get it at your yeah. location, because if you run with the tire 
too low on air, you run the risk of blowout or tearing it up from the inside, then you're going to end up buying a new tire. No, we don't want to do that. That's expensive, especially nowadays, isn't it? That's correct, yes. Wow. So does it have, like, a uh, flashlight on it or anything like that? No, the unit that I had is just, it's pretty basic. It Mm -hmm. just basically comes with the hose and a compressor, and it's got a little butt to give you the status of the battery inside so it lets you know whether you need to charge it or not. Mm-hmm. But normally, if it's not in not in use, just keep it on the charger, so that way it's it's ready to go when you are. Hey, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. For those uh, listeners who have children, can you use this to uh, blow up that inflatable turtle or if whale got, or? Mm, kind of. It's kind of hard to do the inflatable pool toys because mm-hmm. it doesn't have the proper valve on there. Most of them don't. Okay. Um, but bicycle tires, they've got the same Ooh. type of valve that the car tires do. So you can Shut do bicycle tires, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wheelbarrow tires, you know, tires with the proper valve stem on you can. The pool toys are kind of hard to do. I don't know if you'd be able to do those very well or not. It would take a, probably a long time to try to use the compressor. It would be quicker just to blow them up by, by <laughs> mouth. <laughs> and then pass out? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they'd have an adapter. I'm sure if someone would go into an auto parts store, they could ask to see if they have an adapter for that as well for the pool toys. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they probably do. Just the unit I got did not have one. It just came, you know, with a spare fuse for it, mm-hmm. and that was that was basically it. It comes with a 20 amp fuse on, or 15 amp fuse, excuse me. Okay. And as the fuse blows, and there's a spare fuse in there, you can just pop right in there and just. Okay. All right. Well, that that's a good idea. That'd be a practical thing, Very especially practical. if you're going, especially if you're going on vacation. It'd yep. definitely be a another worthwhile item Bunch of us to are. have in the trunk and just make sure it's charged up. And if you need to charge it up, you know, if you're not in a hotel, if you're out in the out in the Camping. woods somewhere, right. you can. There should be an adapter in there. Mine didn't come with one, but normally they come with an adapter where you can plug it into the cigarette lighter, and it will charge itself through there too. Oh, okay, good. And how much do these range approximately? Uh, actually, they're pretty cheap. Actually, the one I got was only about thirty dollars. Really? That's very reasonable. Yeah, for that's peace very of mind. Reason- yes, ma'am. That's very reasonable. Well, thank you, Peter, and we look forward to uh, finding out what you have next week for us. Okay, Summer vacation up and coming, and I know we uh, want to get our vehicles prepped. So. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Like the battery jump box that Peter was uh, telling us about last week, I too have a compressor to air up my tires if need be, and I'll give you a good example. Saw a nail in my tire Sunday morning. Lucky me. Looks like I'm going to work to fix it. But before I did, I made sure that I had the proper PSI in that tire, and I carried it with me just in case. It's, It's a wonderful little gadget. Every car should have one, especially when they're going on vacation, because you just never know. Get you out of a tight jam and get you over to a service station that can repair your tire, and you're not buying a new one because you didn't run it low. Good choice, Peter. A little something that I uh, was going to add on to our show. I have specific products that I use at my shop because I know that these items, they perform well, they have wonderful warranties, 
when I place them on a car, I'm not putting junk on a car. I'm putting a quality product that's going to last for a very long time. So uh, today I'm going to talk about tires. We're all going on vacation. It's always good to make sure you have good sneakers on your car. Tires are very, very important. My personal recommendation is the General Tire, the General HTS Grabber Tire. It is wonderful for SUVs or trucks alike. They're quiet. They're great in the rain. It does not have an aggressive tread that will make that humming noise that some truck tires do. And um, I'm just thrilled with it on our shop truck. I really, really, truly like this tire. And I recommend it to anybody who has a SUV or truck. As a matter of fact, so does Consumer Reports because they rated this specific tire number one for quite a few months. So if you're looking for sneakers for your truck or SUV before summer vacation or the summer rain set, I definitely would recommend the General Grabber HTS tire. Great tire. Now before closing, I just want to have a Pam's Automotive moment. And let me just say, we want you as a consumer to enjoy your vehicle and save money. And you can do that at the same time as long as you maintain your vehicle and keep track of what's going on with it. We were talking this week about how you too can maintain your vehicle and save money, just like my book. And this is by open communication with your technician. Extremely important. We want you to talk to your ASC certified technician and we want you to tell him the whole thing, the whole story. This is extremely important. Please take our advice and do so. It's going to save you money and time. It's going to save them aggravation. It's just good for everybody all around. Well, I can't believe how quick the last half hour went. We are uh, up to another uh, topic starting next week. Next week we're going to talk about what is a catalytic converter. Sounds important, and it is very important for your performance and your fuel economy, believe it or not. So we're going to have uh, our email listener on the phone with us talking about their questions on the converter. And we'll have our ASC master tech, Pablo Sarmiento, back and giving us the idiosyncrasies of a converter. Plus, Peter Sudiak, our gadget guru, will be back with a uh, another item ready to be packed in your trunk for this up-and-coming summer vacation. Other topics that we have coming up are what you should have in your vehicle's suitcase before you go on vacation. Uh, you guys pack your swim trunks, you pack shorts, sandals, etc. You need to pack stuff for your car and some easy basic lists, what you should have along with your vehicle while you're driving down the interstate. We'll also revisit our customers' questions we had that last month, and a lot of people like that. And um, this is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless. I'm looking forward to talking with you next week. If you have any car questions you'd like to have answered on the show, please email me at Car Care for the Clueless. That's Car Care, the number four, Clueless, all one word, at AOL.com. And if you'd like to purchase my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle, go to Amazon.com backslash books. It's available in paperback. You can download it to your digital media or for your Kindle. And also, if you uh, go to the shop website at Pam's Motor City, 
www.thepowerofpositivity.net. You can also purchase a book there. And remember, you too can be a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care.